welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel, and of course, we are at the beginning of this whole universe looking at Jon Favreau's 2008 film, Iron Man. And closing out the week with me is Liz Whitaker from the Mean Girls Minute. Hey, Liz. Hi, that's me. That's you. And uh, we are talking about Minute 40 of Iron Man. On today's show, the minute starts with Iron Man getting buried in bullets, and it ends with Iron Man getting swallowed in flames. This is an action-packed minute. Bullets and flamethrowers and just things getting uh, shot at people from every direction. It's just crazy. Bullets and flamethrowers and rockets. Oh, my. <laughs> this is a great minute for second unit stunt filming because you know that uh, that this is not Robert Downey Jr. at any point <laughs> in, in the suit in this particular scene. This is uh, probably Mike Justice every single time we see the Iron Man Mark I suit doing all sorts of awesome stuff. I mean, starting off, this minute starts with just that fantastic moment where we see the bullets continuing to hit Iron Man for, you know, it's a good five more seconds of this minute. It started in last minute. And then he's got that great line that just says so much about who Tony is and just kind of the way that Iron Man is going to be when he goes, my turn. And just yes. sets those those flamethrowers of fire and lights up everything. And this fire looks great. It really does. I am never a good judge of real fire versus CG fire. Obviously, when it's swallowing the camera, <laughs> you, you gotta know assume, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the real fire. And then obviously, like when it's the the guys, it's on the guy's legs and all the cases around him and he kind of falls through, you know, that's the, the stunt guy and he's got all the fire stuff on and everything. But there are so many shots in here that I am always questioning as I'm watching. I'm like, is this is that real fire? Or is it like some real some CG fire? I'm just like the worst at trying to figure that out. I yeah, I just gave up trying. I just assume that it's all uh I assume it's all fake. (laughs) (laughs) I know that there's got to be some real fire in there somewhere, but it doesn't. I'm never going to be able to pick it out. So I just assume. Well, and yeah, I assume like when it when it starts up and you see the the flamethrowers, I feel like I did see in the in the making of where they did kind of test some flamethrowers on his arm. So I'm assuming that some of that is real, but it uh, you know, I I highly doubt that the flamethrowers on the the stunt performers arms we're shooting like 50 foot (laughs) reach of of just fire across everything just just a uh oh well this is a i was gonna say like a fire hose of fire i didn't (laughs) i didn't think about (laughs) all right i didn't think about the irony of what was going to come out of my mouth Right, right. It's interesting, though, that this is what he chooses to use as a weapon. I mean, we know he's got a rocket. We saw him use his rocket earlier. But this is what he chooses to uh, take everybody out at this point. And he sets them on fire. He sets all of the Stark Industries weaponry that he saw earlier that they've been storing. He sets everything on fire. And, And it's just you see him walking down this kind of valley and just setting everything on fire, left and right sides of him, just everything. I mean, he is going to take it down 
and basically destroy these people's ability to use any of his stuff. It's an interesting decision that that's what he chose to do at this point. Yeah, I have a couple notes for Tony on this. <laughs> okay. The fire seems like a really effective way to clear out this outdoor armory they've got going on. But I might have used a different weapon and cleared out all of the humans first and then <laughs> burned everything to the ground. Because that stuff's not going anywhere. And it's also not running around trying to shoot me. Not only that, but, you know, as we talked about earlier, when they're shooting into his uh, his cell, which is full of missile parts and things that blow up. Here he is setting everything on fire that will blow up. This is all like ammunition and stuff right. that's going to explode. While and it will. Of it. Yeah, we see at the very end of this minute, a huge explosion rip through here. It's like, is that the best thing that you can do? Is it? Is it smart? You're in an iron suit. It's going to cook you. You're in, in basically... The Af in the <laughs> Afghanistan desert. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he's he's in a walking oven is really what he's in. And he's putting himself on the barbecue at this point. Yeah, it, it seems like he learns a lot about tactics between this movie and say, I don't know, Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> because, because this seems like maybe not the best plan. No, not at all. Well, it does make me wonder what was his plan. I mean, obviously, he and Yinsen had a plan, and we talked a little bit about that before. But I think, I don't know, I guess in my head, I feel like they had a plan to escape, the two of them that they had come up with. And I feel like a lot of this right now is Tony's rage at Yinsen's death, because yeah. he gets that look on his face, that resolve, and I think a hint of rage that Yinsen is dead, and he's going to take out the guys that killed him. And I, I feel like a lot of this right now is just Tony not thinking. That's that's probably fair. He probably, you know, I can I can imagine that he, as he lowers his faceplate, he's thinking to himself, I'm going to just burn it to the ground. And right. so he does. Well, and it makes you wonder, like at this point, is he just thinking, I'm going to burn it to the ground and I don't care if I go with it. If I survive, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Which would be... That's a, if that's the case, that would be a little disappointing because his mentor that he, you know, has just spent three months in a cave learning from has just told him not to waste his life. Right. And here so, he's <laughs> practically wasting it. Exactly. But, you know, Tony needed to burn off some rage and then hopefully he's going to straighten up and fly right. Well, I do think actually we get a lot of that in this particular minute because he, I mean, he's just like walking down, setting everything on fire. Then you got that guy up on the hill kind of get that little crash zoom in on him as as he starts shooting at Tony. And that mm -hmm. almost turns the tables here. And I think it, it stops Tony in his tracks. And then you see a couple other soldiers shooting at him and one of them hits him in the leg and it looks like it might break like a, a belt or something from what I can tell, and it, it basically drops him to the ground. Like, he can't move that leg very well. And I feel like that is actually kind of maybe what Tony needed to kind of get his head back on straight, so to speak. Yeah. Because then he, he points his flamethrower at something very specific. It doesn't really show us what it is, but whatever he lights up, let's just, like, goes up in flames. It's like a huge explosion. It's a boom. And it seems like that's the thing that he was... He, he realized he needed to do something to get out of here now. He went from, you know, blind rage to, I've got to come up with an escape plan. Let's blow that thing up and create some sort of cover. Yeah, and 
And again, like I mentioned in the last minute, watching these in a vacuum, it really ramps up the tension in this minute in particular, because we just see Tony getting pummeled. And, you know, if you're not paying super close attention, you don't really know that he's probably triggering that explosion as his means of escape. It just seems like, you know, piling on the mayhem and you're a little worried for him. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, it feels like everything is coming down on him. Like he he seems to have a, a handle on it when he's just setting everything on fire and everything's running. But once that guy up on the hill starts shooting at him and the, and the tide turns, he really all of a sudden seems like, oh, this is it. He's all of a sudden dropped on the ground and he is surrounded in flame. And this is going to be the end of old Tony. Yeah, he's a little overwhelmed. Yeah. And o- feeling overrun. Right, exactly. And it's interesting because in the the script, it actually is given a better sense of the damage that Tony is actually taking from all of this shooting and everything. It says, a withering barrage of gunfire knocks Tony to his knees. The hose to his flamethrower is pierced, setting his arm on fire. Another bullet catches a seam and enters his shoulder. So he actually gets set on fire and gets shot as it goes right through a crack and hits him. It's pretty interesting that we get a little bit more of, I guess I'd say, like a vulnerability, which right now, the way the film plays out, it doesn't completely feel like he's vulnerable at all. I mean, he does kind of fall to his knee a little bit, but it, it still, it, it goes to that sense of the man inside the suit is safe mm-hmm. because he's wearing the suit. And even though the suit is taking a beating, he still is fine. I actually, I actually, when he's being pelted and finally drops i i get a little bit of a sense right before he drops of this sort of broken down baby doll look i'm sure there's a lot of crossover between your listeners and viewers of america's next top model uh but i feel like he 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 does this sort of rickety body motion as he goes down and it actually really communicated to me that not that everything was not well inside the suit. Yeah. And, and I think even from when the guy on the hill starts shooting at him, the way that his head bobbles around. Yeah. It's a lot more shaky than than we've ever seen him up to this point. Like he's really getting hit. So it, it does come it does come through pretty nicely, I guess. I think, yeah, they do a pretty good job for how much of a tank that suit is of when the pieces move independently of each other, of it conveying that sort of damage. Because right. otherwise it's, you know, it's just this big impenetrable lunk of metal and you don't you're not going to get that feeling. So, right, right. We need to feel a little bit like he's, I mean, he hasn't created the perfect Iron Man suit. It would have been weird if he walked out and he was already in his red (laughs) and gold suit. It would have seemed a little strange. We need to feel like he's got some growing to do still. Right. Yes, that there's room for improvement and iteration. Exactly. This minute does have a couple shots that I just love of this suit. One is the shot from behind about halfway through the minute where you can see like all the, the servos and the fans and everything just kind of spinning and whirring. And it just gives you a sense of the fact that this is kind of this man-made suit that he came up with. I love that shot. Yeah. I, I love the fan that he took out of a computer somewhere. Right. <laughs> Raza was wondering why his monitor kept shutting down. because Tony has, Tony has a cooling fan for it. One of his computer, the heat sink out of his computer is just, it's gone and it is, he's just overheating. All the time, all the time. Come on. I love that shot. I also love the shot um, when Tony 
is on one knee and he's in just surrounded by fire. This is about, I don't know, about 54 seconds in and he, he sets off the flamethrower and you just get this fantastic shot of the Mark one suit surrounded by fire, shooting yes. fire out of the flamethrower. That is a killer moment. Just I mean, a fantastic image. That looks like it could be straight out of Mordor or something. <laughs> right. He's in the volcano right there. Yes. If only Frodo had a flamethrower, he could <laughs> much more easily <laughs> take it out Gollum and not lost a finger. <laughs> and there is one shot in here, which I, I think is pretty interesting. It is right at about 56 seconds, right before the explosion goes off. His eye slits are clearly covered. Oh, that's the one second I can't get it to pause on. Yeah, it's it's there right when the explosion goes off and, and, and rocks him. Oh, forward. yeah. It makes me wonder if supposedly like he has had coverings on his isolates the entire time or if that was something that they just put on for the safety of Mike inside the suit just to keep him safe from whatever stunt happened to be going on in that particular shot. And they didn't go in and take it out digitally because who's going to watch this in such minute detail exactly that would be weird what a waste of time that would be to go take those out nobody's gonna nobody's gonna catch that who would do such a thing <laughs> yeah it, but i i i kind of like it and, and and seeing those i was like you know i kind of wish that we had seen something like that the whole time but you know i don't know it's one of those things it's cool when it's just kind of this cavernous black eye hole so i guess i i guess i like it i guess i like having it both ways what can i say <laughs> This is a, another moment where we still have a lot of these uh, a lot of these guards just running around shooting at Tony and I just can't quite pinpoint who any of them are but this is the end of most of them though. Yeah, it I don't doesn't, think we're going to be seeing any of these guys uh, coming like back. their futures are particularly well they they are particularly bright but not in the sense that one normally means that term. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, yes, no this is this is going to be a big uh, a big blow up mess for these guys they're gonna they're gonna end and it, it it makes you wonder when abu and his uh two guys get back from the grocery store or from the uh wheat pickup <laughs> that they're going to if they're going to just walk away and not worry about all of this or if they're actually going to stay and clean it they up. just roll up with their cart of grain <laughs> take one look and start backing it back down the path <laughs> yeah, okay I'm just like yeah, no nope, gonna... not even gonna not even gonna <laughs> we talked about this um, much earlier in the show, but we are back at the location. This this is a, a cave location out near Lone Pine, California, where they had been filming a lot of the other exterior scenes of Afghanistan when they're driving around the sand dunes. All of that stuff is out here in this same area. This particular cave is east of the Lone Pine area up in the hills. I, I know it had been used for some other productions. I think it's called Cerro Gordo, I believe. And that's the area where this actually was. This was a nice change of pace, finally, to move away from that cave set that we had been in. Now we're in a real location. Yeah, a lot of things have been filmed there. So much stuff had been filmed up in the Lone Pine area. A lot of westerns in the old days, a lot of big Hollywood movies when they need kind of that that right sort of look will come out here. Or if they need to film something that looks like Afghanistan, they'll come out here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great look. Yeah. 
I don't think I have anything else in uh, in this minute. What about you? Uh, I got to critique Tony's plan, so I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> that, was the, <laughs> that was the big important point there. Yep. <laughs> well, at the end of everybody's visit on the show, we like to talk to them about their journey with the Marvel films and comics. Although I think you said earlier in the week that you weren't really a reader of the Iron Man comics. No, I certainly was not. My if if you think about just in broad Marvel terms, my first foray into the world was the uh, animated X Men cartoon from the early nineties. We used to oh okay. we used to play X Men at recess, um, <laughs> but that was and then that was pretty much it until this movie came out, and I admittedly wasn't super interested in it when it came out in theaters. I had a friend who was really into comic books and he was dressing up as Iron Man for things. But the guy I was dating at the time, dear FBI, if you're listening, this was not me. I did not do this. I did not pirate. <laughs> you know what? It was still in the theater when he pirated it from, I don't know where he got it from, but we actually had to watch the movie in two parts. Oh, uh, it's always fun. Yeah. Because, and I, I think this was a, about where the file switch happened and, because this, for some reason, this always sticks in my head as where the where the movie initially ended for me. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, well, right, right around this I, firefight scene? Because you'd have to, like, get up and change the file, you know, click on the right, other right, file right. or whatever. But, yeah, so this was, that's the, I first saw it that way. And then I was hooked. I really enjoyed this movie. And so I managed to see all of the next, I don't know, four or five in the theater like opening weekend as they came out and would, you know, then spend time talking about them. And then they, they just, when they started releasing, you know, more than one a year, I fell off the wagon a little bit. I think I'm all caught back up. And then I, I've, I got back to the theater with, with the most recent Avengers. With the Infinity War? Yeah. So I missed a bunch of these in the theater. They have been cranking them out. I mean, they're averaging at this point one every two years, but obviously they they weren't starting that way. As you said, I mean, they've had a good number of years where it was three a year and it's, it does make for a lot of stuff. And it, for us doing this show, it's like, I mean, we're never going to be, they're always going to be getting farther away from us. Oh yeah. I like, I don't, I don't know how we'll be able to catch up. We recently somehow got on an infinity ward tangent on a recent recording of mean girls minute and it was just like you know i feel like i was stepping on the marvel uni- universe guys but <laughs> they're not going to be there for uh, it's going to feel uh, like infinity good, so <laughs> a good 20 years yeah uh, before exactly. we get around to talk about that one <laughs> so nobody's going to remember whatever random tangent we went on <laughs> <laughs> right exactly oh my god i'm not even remember what we talked about on the iron man show oh yeah definitely not Holy it's, cow. it's nuts but yeah, so this was my this was my first real comic book movie that I mm, no, I also really liked the X Men movies in the late nineties. But and what about the Spider Man movies? Did you like those ones? No, I first <laughs> Spider Man movie I liked was Spider Man Homecoming. Oh wow! Well, I have to admit I didn't. I haven't seen the Andrew Garfield ones, but I there's something about Tobey Maguire that I hate. <laughs> So I saw his first Spider-Man movie and I was just like, no more. <laughs> also, the first two Hulk movies, both bad. I just Didn't like did them not though. like them. 
Well, that that leads to my next question. If you, I, I don't want anybody to feel like they have to rank all twenty movies because that's oh. a lot of ranking. But what would you say is like your favorite? Do you have like one that's like at the top or a couple that are up at the top? Yeah, I think uh, Captain America: The First Avenger is is probably my. It's definitely the one I've seen the most. I mean, it also helps that it was like on TNT or whatever every week for three years <laughs> really really helped uh up its viewing numbers right i also really helped. liked the first thor a lot but i've really started enjoying the newer ones that have the comedy oh okay yep. worked in i preferred the first guardians of the galaxy over the second one but thor ragnarok i know that the fandom was sort of split on that but i adore that movie and then I Black Panther is beautiful and funny and well written and well acted and super engaging. And I watched that just the other day because I don't know what I was doing, but I was like, I want to watch Black Panther. It is a great movie. There are there are so many highlights throughout the franchise, so it's easy uh, it's yeah. easy to kind of rewatch one and go, oh, that one might be my new favorite. You know, I think that's easy. Yeah, they've reeled me back in. I I struggled with them for a while because all of them were so dark not thematically but on like the the color of the movie was so dark oh interesting and i don't know if i have bad <laughs> eyes but i it's because you're watching like, those ripped uh, versions <laughs> no, no i buy them now <laughs> i pay money for them now <laughs> but like the second thor i just didn't know what was happening most of the time because it was so dark well, always. Well, it was the dark world. And well, <laughs> yeah, just... okay, fair, <laughs> but but I had I just didn't know I couldn't follow it. And and even Captain America's dark a lot. And I get it; it's to set a tone or whatever. But I don't always I don't buy super expensive TVs because it's not my number one priority. So when I'm watching a movie on my TV, I don't know what's I got to be able right, to see right, it. Right. Well, at least they're not as dark as the DC movies because some of those are really, really. Dark. Oh, yeah. No, I yeah. no, Right. Not even. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Except for Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. I'll be nice yes. about that movie. No, she's but, great. Yeah. but I don't need it to be dark and gritty. It's fine. And then you look at the, like you said, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Ragnarok, the tone that they have is much lighter and it, it doesn't have quite that darkness. And so it, uh, in fact, if anything, I'd say they're, they're like technical or colorful. Yes. And that, that really appeals to me as like a, I, I, I still, you know, I love a comic book movie that looks like it could also be a musical. Yeah. Yeah, that certainly fits with those ones. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's the stakes aren't any lower, and you don't, you know, you don't feel like the stakes are any right, lower, yeah. but you can see what's happening on screen. I might also just be a very old person in a young person's <laughs> body. <laughs> oh, there could be that. No, but it's it, it is true though, where it is a comic book world, and so I think having some of the colors, I think allows for that tone to bleed through now this is iron man technically it's you know this this iron feel and i mean he obviously has a colorful suit and everything but it is something that i think that they allow to kind of come forward a little bit more as they move along yeah and you know in this movie 
even in the cave scenes, I could see what was going on because the way that it had been lit and that they used different colors and the green instead of the blue cast maybe helps. Right. But I could tell what was going on in those cave scenes. And John Favreau, I think is I think he's a director who handles the way that he's telling the story. I think comes through pretty clearly. I, I've never seen anything of his that's difficult to sort out. Like I just find him as a filmmaker. I, I don't. I don't want to use the word safe, but I do feel like his filmmaking style is designed to make sure stuff is clear. He's going to come to you. Yes. Where you? Yes. Uh, he's not going to make you go on some journey and go buy corrective eyewear. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come to you where you are. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Well, fantastic, Liz. Thank you so much again for uh, coming on the show all week this week. I appreciate it. I was so excited to be on. Thank you for having me. So one last time, you want to plug where people can find you out there in the world? Sure. Well, the easiest place to find me is at Mean Girls Minute on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or the North Shore Bird Book. Uh, also on Facebook. And if you follow any of those places, then I'll also tell you when I'm guesting on other shows like this. So you can just follow me around the internet. Wherever she goes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, Liz. And that's it, everybody. That's it for this week. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. If you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. True believers.